flagrant abuses of the God-given gift of sex. The Outline, World Dispatch. It's Monday, January 22nd, 2018. I'm Adrian Jeffries. Today on The Dispatch, cities are competing to be Amazon's new home, but the company's track record as an employer is awful. And the pure nihilism of the word, sure. Here's The Dispatch. The future. Last week, Amazon announced the shortlist of cities that could be the future home for its second U.S. headquarters. Paris Martineau is a staff writer here at The Outline. The new building will cost about $5 billion to construct and will probably create around 50,000 jobs. So which cities are on this short list? There's quite a lot of them, actually. It's not very short. Of the nearly 240 bids from across America, the 20 finalists are mostly in the east and south, from big cities like Boston, Dallas, and Atlanta, to the midsize like Columbus, Raleigh, and Nashville. But all these cities are forgetting one important thing about Amazon. And what's that? That it treats their workers like shit. What are some of the stories that we've heard about what it's like to work for Amazon? If you look up anything about Amazon and uh, their treatment of workers online, you'll find countless horror stories. One of the most recent stories involved Amazon employees in Ohio. A um, study by Policy Matters Ohio found that one in 10 Amazon workers there are on food stamps. A few people on our Facebook page have described uh, Amazon as a, quote, sweatshop with poor management practices. But we This is full-time employees. They're likely part-time and temporary employees, which make up a significant amount of Amazon's workforce. But the full-time employees are actually only getting paid around 11 or $12 an hour. Right. So Amazon uses a lot of these like flexible kind of seasonal workers. Tell me about Camperforce. Camperforce is Amazon's uh, roving army of retirees that it uses around the holidays. It's before dawn and Kelly and Walt Gunn are off to work. It's hit the road. They're always on the road, living full time in an RV. We call ourselves affluent homeless. These people are generally um, over 55 living out of mobile homes and doing full days of grueling labor for Amazon with little to no benefits at around 11 or $12 an hour generally. Working for Amazon in these jobs is a really physical, it's a really taxing physical job. You're picking things off shelves. I think one of the jobs is called picker and you're basically just carrying things around from one end of this giant warehouse to another. So it can be really tough on workers' bodies. And there have been reports of injuries to workers too, right? Yeah. The world's largest retailer, Amazon, is firing back after a scathing report depicted it as a bruising workplace. In one case in the UK, um, Huffington Post's UK division reported that Amazon workers were basically forced to, like, sleep under some canal bridges because Amazon was responsible for transporting them to work and their transportation services were basically falling apart or too late or not running efficiently. But I think that kind of shows the lack or the sense of care or rather lack thereof care for the workers. Is this why everything that you buy on Amazon is so cheap? 
Yeah, it's definitely that. I mean, when you're ordering lots and lots of stuff from Prime and you're like, dang, this is such a great deal. Wow, this is arriving in one day. How do they do that? This is how they do it. This is how they do that. Paris Martineau is a staff writer here at The Outline. Paris, thank you so much. Thank you, Adrian. Culture. Did that sound strange to you? Did you think I was perhaps being condescending? Did you fail to glean the intent behind my invocation of the word very short and very simple and yet so incredibly ambiguous as to my meaning? Jeremy Gordon is the culture editor here at The Outline. Well, if you hadn't thought about it until now, I'm forcing you to think about it because it's constantly on my mind every time I see the word in communication with somebody who otherwise I feel as though our relationship is fairly defined. I feel that we're on good terms until this word is said, this sure, and then everything is thrown out of the window. What does he mean? What does she mean? Are they angry? Are they upset? Do they understand what I'm asking them? Are they just being rude about it? My mind goes agog. It feels as though uh, I'm losing some kind of essential tether to the humanity that connects us all when sure is uttered. It feels like a very, feels like a very distancing word. Sure, 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 sure. Sure is particularly frustrating because, you know, as a writer and an editor, I spend a lot of my time thinking about subtext and connotations for specific words. Some words have secondary meanings, some words have tertiary meanings, and all depends on the context in which you deploy them. And sure just hits this midpoint of kind of blasé affectation where... Uh, I can't tell if the person is really invested in saying yes to what I've asked of them or if they're just kind of, you know, kind of trying to get me off their trail. Like, sure, you can do this or sure, I can do that or sure, it's no problem, whatever. Sure, yeah. Sure takes what should be an answer to a question and turns it into a question of its own. Sure, sure. It raises a very serious question anytime it's deployed, which is how much can I trust this person? How much do they have my back? Do we have a problem? Do we have beef? Uh, So, and the frustration is, you know, you never really know. So in the course of uh, drawing up this article and thinking about it more, I actually made a helpful chart of terms that are more neutral and positive than sure. You could say, of course, or sounds good, or cool, or yep, or yeah, or uh, KK, which is uh, not to be confused with K, which is evil, but KK can be uh, more of a fun, positive. Uh, You can say yup, you can say yes sir, you can say you bet, you can say absolutely, you can say gladly, uh, you can say will do, or even no problem, or even totally, or even definitely. Uh, Those are just a few of the ways that one can enthusiastically or at least neutrally assent uh, to a request that leave less room for interpretation than sure, which is the word of malcontents and nihilists. 
Sure. We have other stories in the outline as well. Paris Martineau covered the pyramid schemes taking over Snapchat. And Mark Way found the lies in your favorite cheeses. You can find links to those, along with today's story, in your show notes or at theoutline.com. Today, we featured stories by Jeremy Gordon and Paris Martineau. We're produced by James T. Green. Get new episodes every morning, Monday through Thursday, by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's it for The Dispatch. I'm Adrian Jeffries. Thanks for listening. We'll be back Tuesday with more stories.